Welcome to the Spiritual Artist Podcast. This is Chris Miller. I invite you to join me as I interview artists from a variety of disciplines. We'll share powerful stories and lessons learned while making their art. Good day. You're listening to the Spiritual Artist Podcast. This is Chris Miller. I'm your host. We are doing something different this week. Uh, Normally, we record the podcast and we send it out on many different directories and it is released. But this time I was told by a couple people that are listeners that they would like me to also record a video of the presentation. So I am recording a video of the presentation and it will be saved on our YouTube channel. Now, you should know we do have a YouTube channel. I have been saving all the interviews from the past year and a half and posting them up there so people could listen to them again in their own time. It's easy to access. I have found that YouTube is a great place to go to learn and listen to new motivational speakers. And so I thought it was a good place to be. So this video will now be on the YouTube channel. So after this podcast, I'd love for you to go to YouTube and follow me. Go find it. It's called The Spiritual Artist Podcast. You can search those names and you'll find it and then follow me, subscribe to it. And so when new issues come out, you'll see that they're out and you can listen to them. I'd appreciate it. Anyway, so I wanted to tell you about what's been going on with me. Um, As you may know, I travel around and speak to different arts groups in Dallas, Fort Worth. I do workshops and I do online classes. Well, a couple weeks ago, I spoke at a art gallery in Plano, Texas. It's called Art Gallery Pure. It's a very cool gallery. I invite you to go look at it. And it's in the shops of Willow Bend. So it's in the mall itself. They have two huge galleries. Um, Some of my work will be up there, but lots of terrific artists. And I encourage you to go. So anyway, I had a group of people take a class, what I would call assorted creative people. And you know, I like to believe that everybody is creative. So no matter what you do, whether you write, sing, build, uh, raise children, cook a meal, you are a creator, a spiritual artist. So we had a class last week. It was great. We sat in a circle for the first time in several years. We had that personal engagement. We talked about the creative process. And I spoke to them about some concepts from the book. One of the key concepts of the book that I speak about is the fact that there is a greater power out there. And this greater power can't be defined by a name. It's bigger than a name. So when I, when I sent the book out and I published it, I actually have a forward on the back of the book. And it says, basically, there's no denying that an incredible force has created an incredible physical manifestation for us to experience. The soft blue, orange, and pink of a sunset. The clear, crisp, radiant glow of twilight. The incredible array of animals and creatures that share this planet with us. There is a force behind all of this. The first step as a spiritual artist is to recognize this power. I do do believe that. It's impossible to walk along the beach and not revel at the cool sand beneath your toes or the glorious waves at your feet. I see this power as the driving force behind the creative process itself. It is the driving force behind life itself. I choose to call it. And then what I did is I left a blank line in there. I left a blank line in there because I want you, the reader, the listener, to put your own name for that creative power, whether you want to call it Jesus Christ, 
uh, Mother Nature, all that is, Muhammad, you name it, Buddha, you can put your own name in there. But I use that line throughout the book because I don't want people to be limited by that name. A lot of people have been hurt by people using the name of a God to justify that hurt. So I think as a spiritual artist, I encourage you to look to the spiritual truth, the spiritual truth of this energy, because this energy is far beyond a certain tribe or a certain country or a certain nation pushing their own agenda. It is the truth of creativity itself. And so I spoke to that in, in the group with the people, and we started talking about what this means, that there is a greater power and that we all have access to it. This would be a good time to share a story about this concept. So when I wrote the book, I was so excited and I shared it with all my friends and I shared it with a friend of mine who was an atheist, but I thought he would love the concepts. Well, I asked him a couple of weeks later, what did you think? What did you think of the book? And he said, I couldn't read it. I was like, what? And he goes, I had to put it down. And I, and I was like, why? And he goes, I just couldn't handle all that God everywhere. And at first I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't mention the word God at all in the book. Uh, it's, it's left open for your own interpretation of what you think this greater power is. And he, he said, well, you inferred it. So I thought about it. The same friend is a big gardener. He loves to um, garden. He's passionate about it, very passionate about nature. And so I, I walked with him outside and I said, okay, so if you don't think there's something behind all this, and I pointed to the sky, the clouds were flowing by, there was a beautiful breeze, you could hear birds cheeping. It was a gorgeous day, the sun was setting. And I said, what is powering all this? What is controlling this? Because you have to admit, this is amazing. It's an amazing planet. And he looked at me, he goes, well, okay, so maybe, well, maybe there is some sort of energy force behind it. And I said, well, would you admit that even though it's not greater in the sense of, you know, kneeling down and bowing before, it is greater, it is bigger, it is encompassing all things. And he said, okay, okay. And so he went back to the book. A couple of weeks later, he did say he finished the book and loved it. And then now he's actually reading other books in, in the similar vein, talking about spirituality and power and energy and your relationship to this. So it was a great ex example of how we can let the, let the name get in the way of our relationship to this. So I encourage you to not let a name get in the way. And that's always one of the first lessons I do. And so when I spoke before these artists last week, that was kind of one of the, that's the first point I go over is let's not claim a name, and let's not enforce that name on the other people in the group, but let's all appreciate and understand our term for this power. So I loved it. It was great. And so a big concept that I love to teach in the book is what I call creative DNA. Creative DNA is a term coined by Twyla Tharp. She's a choreographer, a dancer, and she termed it as this ineffable essence of who we are creatively. There is something unique about who we are creatively, and we are all different. And so I looked at this group around me and I said, I want you to realize that you are all different. Each one of you is individual and special the way you are, and there will never be anybody quite like you. This is a big concept to appreciate. 
never anybody quite like you. That's an incredible responsibility that you have. And I think we all have as creators, knowing that what we create is individual and as a unique as who we are. So what we create is as an individual and unique as who we are. For example, you've heard the analogy of snowflakes. There's no two alike. Well, there's never any two or three people alike. Think about it. Think about all the people you know, even people that you know that remind you of someone else. They're never quite the same. There's always differences. There is something intrinsically special about each person. So as a spiritual artist, I task the creative within you to recognize this. And I ask my spiritual artists to always be uncovering that uniqueness of who they are, looking for that uniqueness. So one of the things that I really have an issue with is when people imitate other people. Not because it's a theft in the crime in that sense, but what you're doing is it's a theft of yourself. You are not seeing that uniqueness in you. You're, you're not appreciating who you are and you're thinking that you would be better or greater or more important if you look like someone else or you act like someone else. And the, the loss there is that this one in lifetime, this one in a lifetime example of who you are, this one being called you, will never be here again, never. And if you don't create and you don't paint or you don't create or you don't mold or you don't do pottery or you don't make jewelry or you don't make fiber art the way you are, listening to that inner voice, that creative DNA that is unique in who you are, it's a crime. It's a crime against yourself. We are here, I believe, to express. I believe we're here to express as divine intelligence, but not all divine intelligence, the divine intelligence that is known as us, me, the unique divine person that is Chris. I am here to find out when I paint, to be calm, to watch myself, to listen to my process and see what is unique about me? What colors are me? What kind of imagery do I gravitate towards? What kind of canvas, what size, what do I wanna to say to the world? Do I wanna share love? Do I wanna make awareness? Do I wanna build and put in messages? Those are all very active things that you can do as an artist, but only, only if you take the time to listen to who you are. And the only way you can do that is by when you paint or when you create, or when you walk into the studio or when you sing a song or you write music is to watch how you work. Watch your process, watch how you work and start recognizing, oh, you know what? I noticed Chris likes orange a lot. He uses a lot of orange. That's one of his favorite colors. Now, that doesn't mean you're limited to forever being that, but, but only by being aware of where you're starting can you learn where to go. So once you learn where you start at, once you learn, oh, I gravitate towards oranges or warm tones, you can shake it up a bit. You can challenge yourself. You can try a blue color. You can flip it and try a cool tone and see what it does to you. A great exercise that I do for artists is if you're really comfortable doing a certain concept, certain type of imagery, I ask you to take a color that you really don't like and paint that imagery with that color. It will push you beyond your boundaries. It will teach you to be more creative and you will see a different side of you expressing. So 
both of these conversations, when we talk about recognizing that there's many different names for this power, this energy, this force that you feel flowing through you when you're in the act of creativity, and recognizing that you are creatively unique, I want to talk about a concept that I really like in my book. It's in one of my chapters, and it's a chapter on um, intelligence of being. It's called intelligence of being. What does that mean, intelligence of being? Well, most people will sit there and go, yeah, I, I'm intelligent. I know a lot. I know, I know I read a lot of books. I watch a lot of movies. I know about politics. I'm very intelligent. That is a certain type of intelligence. That's the skill set intelligence. That's the intelligence that might have given you years of practice so you know how to, to um, use oil paints really well or understanding notes and chords and harmonies so you know how to make the perfect song. There's an experience there where you build, you build tools. We talk about in my book, Tools. You gather tools and you can use those tools. And that is a certain type of intelligence. But this is different. When I'm talking about intelligence of being, I'm talking about being the intelligence of being who you are, listening to that intelligence. So let me tell you what, where I came up with this term. Um, as you know, or you may know if you read the book, is I go to Santa Fe once a year on retreat. And it's a wonderful time. I like to spend a lot of time alone and I can listen to the thoughts in my head. I can stand back and look at my life and I get some perspective on who I am. And so I go to Santa Fe and one time when I was there, a friend of mine brought in this beautiful cantaloupe. She bought it at the local market and she gifted me with it. And she said, here is this beautiful cantaloupe. And it was truly beautiful. I mean, literally I lifted it up and I could smell the fragrance coming off of it. It was so perfectly ripe. And so we cut that cantaloupe open and we shared it while we painted. And it was so fragrant and it was the perfect color, orange, of course, you know why I picked that. And, and it was so wonderful that I started thinking about why is this cantaloupe so good? Why, why is this cantaloupe better than the ones I buy in Dallas? Well, it made me realize something. The cantaloupe actually has areas where its intelligence is better. It has an intelligence that knows how to grow. It has an intelligence that knows how to turn that little seed into a vine that unfolds into a plant. So the cantaloupe itself has a unique intelligence. It has an intelligence of being. What I would think of that is that is the spirit of it. Its spiritual essence has an intelligence to it that knows who and what it is. Just like I think every artist, every human, every person on this planet has an intelligence of being. There is an intelligence of who they are and it's driving them to be that, to be that person. So that cantaloupe seed, when it was planted, in New Mexico, it knew what to do. It knew to take in water. It knew to grow in the sun. It knew to reach toward the sun. It knew what to do to drive it to that perfect cantaloupe. You have something in you that knows what to do. There is a divine message through you that is speaking to you all the time and it's telling you what to do as an artist, but you have to listen to it. A lot, and oftentimes we don't. When we go and look at other creatives and we try to be like them, or when we judge other people, we're pulling ourselves from our center. And so I challenge the spiritual artists to take the time to sit down and recognize that if they just sit down calmly, if they just sit down calmly and be present, 
And in the moment, they will uncover all the uniqueness of who they are. This is kind of a strange concept, I think. Maybe it might be something you struggle with. I want to share probably my all-time favorite quote on this. And it's a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson, wonderful American writer. And he talks about this, what I call intelligence of being, in a different way. But he talks, this is a piece of the quote that I, I pulled from the book. And he says this, there is a soul at the center of nature and over the will of every man so that none of us can wrong the universe. It is so infused its strong enchantment into nature that we prosper when we accept its advice and when we struggle to wound its creatures, our hands are glued to our sides. This is the best part. Place yourself in the middle of the stream of power and wisdom which flows into you as life. Place yourself in the full center of that flow then you are without effort impelled to truth, to right, and perfect contentment. Yes, it's a little wordy. It's a little, his languaging is a little old, but what he's saying is, if you listen to that voice inside of you, if you listen to that essence of who you are, you place yourself in the middle and you follow it. You follow those impulses. You follow that intuition as you create. You will uncover perfect truth of who you are. The truth of your intelligence, the personal intelligence that is in you, that creative DNA that is in you, unlike anybody else, will be expressed, will come into manifestation, will become your life. Do you, do you know what that means? That means that you already have the recipe of success in you. You already have the will of success in you if you learn to listen to it. And it's not easy. This is not easy. It's a practice. You're going to do it. I do it. I continue to uncover layers and layers of, of things that block me from being who, who I am, whether those are belief systems that I've picked up along the way that, oh, to be successful, I have to have a lot of money or to be successful, I have to drive a certain car or I have to work a normal 40-hour job. All those things are belief systems that might, not always, but might get in the way of us uncovering who we are, what is unique about us. So as you go through the day, and next time you go into the studio, I want you to be mindful of how you work, watch yourself, and listen to that, listen for that intelligence of being, that who you are, essence, that is there already. It was born into you. It was born and built just like the DNA of that cantaloupe that knew where to grow and how to grow if it was put in the right environment, which was Santa Fe, not, not Dallas, it grew perfectly. So you, when you listen to that intelligence of being, you will find the right environment. You will gravitate towards the right people. You will gravitate towards the right jobs. You will listen and hear little cues being thrown to you because spirit is always speaking to you. I believe that spirit is always speaking to you. And when you listen to those guides, you will go and do and be the perfect you, the perfect you that you can be. So I encourage you to pay attention to your creative DNA. Watch it. Learn and recognize and say, hey, this is who I am. I like to communicate with my hands. Oh, I like to communicate with visuals. I like to communicate physically. I'm an athletic person. I must dance. Learn who you are. And then listen to the signs. Listen to the DNA in you and follow it.
follow the DNA in you and see the incredible things that happen with your work and with your life. Because we've talked about this, what happens in the studio goes out into your life. And these habits, these habits of a spiritual artist will affect who you are as a human, as a spiritual being. So I say, listen to those signs and grow with it. So on that note, I want to remind you to go to YouTube and follow the channel called The Spiritual Artist Podcast. And what I've done is there's a wonderful video on there. I have a video called Guided Meditation to Awaken Your Creativity. It's a guided intentional meditation to awaken your creativity. It's a short 15-minute meditation, and it follows up on what I just talked about. And when you listen to it, so I encourage you to take time, go into a quiet room. If you want to sit in a proper yoga pose, if you like to lay back on your bed, put your headphones on and listen to that meditation next time before you go into the studio, before you go into the studio. And it will remind you of all that we just talked about here. It will remind you that you are a creative, unique individual. Like Twilight Tharps, there will, Twilight Tharps says, there will never be anybody like you again. You are so unique and special but you have to follow it, trust it, have faith in it, and let it unfurl. So I want to thank you for following me on the Spiritual Artist Podcast. I will, I'm planning, I'm going on vacation next week, but afterwards I'm going to have a, another artist to interview very shortly, and, and we'll go and talk to them about their process. But in the meantime, take this opportunity to look at your process. And remember this, folks. Remember, you are a spiritual artist. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Artist Podcast. Whether you're following the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, make sure you choose the subscribe button so you'll receive new segments when they're released. Plus, check out my new book, The Spiritual Artist, now available on Amazon.com. In the meantime, be still, listen, and know that you are a spiritual artist. Spiritual Artist.